Thanks for tuning in to Pod22. I'm your host, Philip Baird. If you were lucky enough to catch a live stream, you'll notice, finally upgraded my gear. Mike in particular really makes a difference. My guest this week is Sylvain Kuster. He's the co-CEO of Circuit. Sylvain is a tourism guru and an industry veteran. He's worked in sales and marketing for many different European leaders. Club Med, Pierre Vacances, and Bellambra. Since he joined his co-CEO, Benoit Milan at Circuit, he's been on a real path to revolutionize the tourism world. For those who've never heard of Circuit, they offer a database of over 3.5 million POIs worldwide and over 22,000 guidebooks for tourism professionals and companies in any language required. Say you're a hotel and you want to offer your guests a lot of information on what to do nearby. You just simply copy and paste a line of code into your booking engine and boom, you can offer curtailed content for your guests in the language of their choice. Travel guide APIs are a pretty recent phenomenon. Even Lonely Planet, they just released their API last year. We'll talk about how their product stands out and why it will change the way people consume content when they travel. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to learn more about the Circuit API or sign up, I left a link in the description. Cheers. Hey, welcome to another episode of Pod22. Today I'm joined with uh, Sylvain Cocheteau from uh, Circuit. How's it going, Sylvain? Very well, thank you. <laughs> good. Yourself. Oh, yeah. good. Good, good. Thanks for asking, man. Well, I mean, they're, they're cleaning the snow in my street, so I do apologize for the background noise, but uh, yeah, things are good. No more blizzard. It's nice and sunny. Where are you right now? I'm currently in Nice. I live with my family there in the Côte d'Azur, and uh, the company is settled in Nancy in the east of France. Okay. And is it, was it, did you grow up in the south of France? Is that where you're originally from? No, no, not at all, actually. I, I just chose to move to Côte d'Azur because I decided to work where I wanted to live instead of the the opposite. I grew up in the country between uh, Normandy and Champagne in okay. a region named Picardy that was the historical center of France. For it, uh, it was the land of the French kings. Did you know that? I did know that. You're talking to a history major. I better know that. But <laughs> uh, the I have good memories of that area, even Normandy as well. But Reims was absolutely like stunning city. Uh, I don't know. Is it in Picardy? No. No, 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 it's not in Picardy, it's in yeah, Champagne. It's but, in Champagne. But let's say Picardy is just in the middle of Normandy and Champagne, so it's uh, in, in the north region. Okay, okay, cool. And uh, you have uh, fond memories of childhood? Was it fun living in, in that area? Wow, well, it was a country, man. All my <laughs> friends uh, were farmers. Okay. Okay, cool. And um, you kind of like decided, you know, and we're, we're fast forwarding, obviously, but you took a, you chose to take a study at university business and tourism. Did you have any reasons why you, you chose that career path at the time? Well, tourism is uh, so essential to life of humankind in general, human mankind, don't you think? Mm -hmm. To see how people are suffering right now not to be able to travel. So it has um, always been so... Uh, Human travel since the early ages, not only because they have to, but also because they want to. So mm -hmm. holiday travel is definitely a modern must-have over contemporary society. Well, actually, it should be a human right to travel, don't you think? I do think. Um, let's say uh, on a business perspective, uh, tourism is a service dedicated to customer experience. So that offer nothing to be compared with other product or services, if you see that through that angle, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I think it, in our conversations, you mentioned that it's like a, it's a unique product that will never like for that person that will be always unique to their experience and never be it can never be replicated. It is so true, unique. True, true. That's that's the the live experience magic 
Yeah, the magic. And what I also liked about our conversations before in the past is that it's not only it's a, it's a magic it's a magical thing, but it's also it can be a magical thing no matter what you're how much you're making. Like you of can course, be course, you can be on a very budget and yet have an extremely great traveling experience, whether it's a hike or going to the beach for two weeks. And it could be you know you could feel the same thing as the the, the millionaire who's on his yacht and he's doing something else. Yeah, it's nearly philosophy, man. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, now I'll have to have uh, Bernard. Uh, what's the French for Bernard philosopher? Henri Lévy. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll have to have Bernard Henri Lévy on the it. podcast. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so going back to your studies, though, I know you had spent some time in the United States as part of your your degree. Can you tell me about a bit about that experience? Well, yeah. I, I first studied at ESSAC. That's a French graduate uh, grande école in Paris, mm -hmm. and uh, it's sort of that I had the opportunity to spend some time in the U.S. for a semester. I chose uh, California because uh, that was the place to be, as simple as that, <laughs> with the XXXL size compasses, the XXL barbecue, <laughs> and the uh, XXL places all around. So good wine and swimming pool. I even entered a choir. A choir. Wow. Can you imagine? And I sang the Vivaldi as a baritone for the love of a blonde student there. So. Okay, so it was for the love of a student. It wasn't because uh, you were because I was a baritone. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. It was funny. not that terrible, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. That is really really cool. And so, and then moving forward, you you could basically, you, I guess, you you return to France and then you start your your career kind of in marketing and, and tourism. Uh, I think you first started at Club Med, is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, at the end of the nineties, back to these days, uh, Philippe Bourguignon. Uh, it was it was well known back to these days. It was from Accor and Disney, so pretty okay. pretty good background. And and a guy named Yves Martin. He was from the casino supermarket. There's a kind of a Walmart here, you know, this, the casino supermarket. It, they were shortly appointed president and VP sales and marketing. So we we uh, simply wanted the revolution to enter this amazing and world worldwide known brand club. Med. So uh, we created so many new services and. Trying to reinvent the company product and reputation, it was uh, it was amazing. Actually, I was hired to uh, industrialize the CRM and the database marketing at ClubMed. Okay. So back to these days, direct marketing was uh, let's say uh, was mailing an ad to a customer at the size of a postcard. You know. Yeah. yeah. So direct. <laughs> so we kind of brought we brought the one to one direct marketing and and database marketing to the travel industry back to these days. So it was um, it was a fun experience, yeah, and, and challenging too. Yeah, and I think what in the final years you kind of had a budget to to sort of go beyond the normal strategy. So you, you spoke about like you know sending a postcard. That's I guess that's like like a a much more conventional marketing way. What, yeah, that's the basic what, marketing. Yeah, yeah, that was the what what other marketing campaigns did you like in the last years where you were doing if it, as you were going more digital? Was it going through partnerships? Was it like mass emailing? What was uh, what was the kind of things that you were doing? Well, uh, that was pretty much into the one-to-one the -one marketing that allowed uh, not only digital, but also CRM, the, you know, trigger marketing, especially. ClubMed is not that much of a mass market product. So we wanted to um, find new ways of engaging our European customers uh, into, uh, into valuable CRM and one-to-one -one experiences. Of course, back to these days, uh, we were talking about, you know, all these loyalty card programs, <laughs> all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is disappearing, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it was kind of, you know, 
everybody thought it was very important back to these days, this loyalty mm -hmm. program, this mileage, and these uh, earn and burn programs in marketing cool. long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> well, fast forward for a couple of years now. I think in 2013, you become the commercial director for Bellambra. And you get an even bigger role. Now it's not just managing marketing, it's also managing like a lot of employees. What was what was what was that? Uh, what was your role there and what, what what happened? Yeah, well, yeah, it was challenging. Uh, let's say challenges in every corner. You see, Bellambar Resort is uh, probably one of the most direct booking company in the hospitality sector. Okay. As 80% of the B2C booking volume is direct. So Compared wow. to the other chains, uh, where only 10 to 20% is direct. The first challenge for a, a medium-sized company such as Bellombra Club was to continue to develop, continue to grow through the direct channels and, and fight with the um, and direct distributors, you know, the bookings and, and all the and, and all the, the, the indirect distribution uh, um, industry. The second challenge was to develop the decent mice activity. You know what mice is? No, I have no clue. Or meeting in meeting, congress, and event. Okay. Seminar. You know, in a family and holiday-oriented product, it's a quite of a challenge. Though, that was the 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 second challenge, and um, and 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 then then we also developed the international bookings. Uh, when ninety percent of uh, the booking back to these days came from the French families and customers. Voila. Uh, well, we faced most of that challenges, and uh, we went two-digit growth for four years in a row. So it was a wow, interesting experience. So, so it was a challenging one as well. But for the international ones, that's that's interesting. You bring that up. Was it how, how did you how did you reach these people? How did you get how do you get them to find out and, and trust the brand and, and do the bookings, especially if the bookings were done directly? Uh, what 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 kind of did you have any specific strategies that really worked out, or what was the what was the game plan? Well, I must admit that on the international side, uh, we haven't been that much aggressive compared to the French market. So okay. we're mostly based on um, our partners abroad, uh, okay. either digital or non-digital. But it, it, we we opened uh, 15, 15 countries in, in four years. So that's a, that was a pretty big wow. challenge. So we needed to use uh, strong partners uh, on, on these, these new countries. Yeah, for Despite sure. Uh, essentially European, Northern European countries. Mm. Yeah. And then that's immensely like, it's a lot of work. It's not in just also just the content translating it, everything and finding the right partners. Um, True. And, and then in France particularly did like, cause now social media is starting to become a, a thing. Did you like you know, strategize around social media as well for growth within the French market? No, actually five years ago, we pretty much used uh, the basic social media strategy, uh, we, we we did not sponsor that much uh, content. I, I I remember some some of, of uh, actions that we have like uh, the uh, competition of the uh, you know the best picture of the holiday blah blah. But <laughs> that's okay. It was it was pretty. But I'm ashamed. If anything, I'm ashamed if, to talk about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. If anything, if you were able to get the growth without having a a, a, a big influence in there, that's that's probably no TikTok. TikTok uh, did, was did, uh, there was no TikTok back to these days. You know, Philippe, it's, yeah. it's uh, something. It's a word we don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and so you know. Looking back to the last, you know, we're going to talk about Circuit, but I, I just, I find your path really interesting because you, you've, you've seen this growth in the industry, in these like locations, and you've done marketing for a long time with all these like different companies. What, what do you think has changed the most in their approach to tourism marketing? 
if we're talking about Pelambra or even Club Med? Well, that, that's a very interesting question, Philippe. Actually, uh, now that the selling direct on the web is not a point anymore, I mean, that, not that uh, all the hotel industry uh, don't want to do better than they do right now, but they, they do, they, they can, they can sell direct, which is, which is, was not the case a few years before. So mm -hmm. the next digital challenge is actually content. And, and because, you know, content is what most travelers want. Uh, mm -hmm. Not no travel. Actually, we choose a destination because it has a nice hotel. Everyone will start looking for experiences. That is the weak spot and the opportunity that professionals have here uh, by selling customer experiences using the environment. Not only the product they deliver, such as the room or a seat, but the the environment. And that's the the, the whole evolution that is going on right now in the tourism industry is how do I manage my content, but not only my content, but also the content of the environment that will drive my customers to book on my website. I try to TV make a transition. Yeah, yeah. I try to make a, a point now in my podcast not to say I couldn't agree more, but in this case, I really couldn't agree more. I think there's a there's an identity crisis for a lot of these big companies, especially big OTAs like Expedia True. and Booking.com. They, you know, They, I don't think they can survive just on booking. Uh, I think they're going to have to rethink their their strategies, especially based on content. And I think Airbnb is already doing that, and and they're like miles ahead. And we're going to talk about this more because now we're getting into the circuit part. And so you know, you joined Circuit, I think, in 2018. Uh, would you mind telling us a bit about the story? How did how did that come about? Well, like I just said, it's, it's everything is about customer experiences. So I think mm -hmm. everybody agrees to that. And customer experiences need content. And, and I mean, real content, not SEO, Google friendly content. So mm. we got we got to start to talk to real people, real travelers, real human beings and not machines. Not just yeah. Google algorithm was uh, chitty nonsense content. So when I met Benoit on a trade show, we were both convinced of that fact. Me, myself, Belambra uh, executive and, and, and uh, Benoit as an entrepreneur. And, and so, With our different, very different background, we just met on and, and we we made like an agreement on that, and, and we met on that point of content. That's that's how we decided to uh, do something together about it. Mm -hmm. And so, at, at that point, you you I guess you become co CEO with with Benoit. And I know like we've spoken about this, but you had always wanted to become an entrepreneur. What made you think that Circuit was finally the right fit for you to get into that entrepreneurial journey? Well, I think we were both convinced that we were stronger together. I know mm. it sounds a little bit, uh, but that's how it went. I mean, we both visionary or and, and creative. That that's what we try to be. Mm -hmm. uh, we're both solution oriented, and and uh, we have a strong sense of what it is to achieve in order to succeed. And and so when we met, uh, I knew I, I I was looking for somebody like Benoit and. And Benoit was looking for somebody like me. That <laughs> <laughs> so was meant to be, I don't know, so to speak. I don't know any, way, any other way to put it. <laughs> Sounds a little bit strange, but... Histoire d'amour. It sounds awesome, man. It was, it was partnering at the first sight. It was not love, but it was partnering. <laughs> That's perfect, man. That's cool. And, and you know, uh, we're going to get a, a bit of, into more of the specifics, but um, I know that, you know, And at the point where you joined with Benoit, Circuit had an existing product. What was what was that product at the time? 
Well, yeah, Circuit was already employing 10 person and, and was later on its core product, Hiking Roots in France and Belgium. Mm-hmm. It was largely uh, distributed to uh, more than 2,000 professional customers, mostly institution and public-owned companies, uh, about 800 websites already and, and more than uh, 40 million B2C users per year. So it was, it was you know, they had already a, had a very established product, but Although the pandemic proved the uh, resilience of this market, I mean the the the, the national market and and uh, and oh. the institutional uh, customers, this product was hardly scalable because it's based on locally produced uh, locally produced content and and mm-hmm. not algorithm. So it, it would have take it would have take years to uh, to build the same um, amount of data and the same amount of knowledge. And the same amount of uh, awareness in other countries, in England, mm. Italy, Germany, Spain, where with the data and, and the algorithm and the, the search engine we've been building, uh, we can uh, we can launch our product in Asia uh, tomorrow. Yeah, and th- that comes into like my next question. Essentially, you guys develop these APIs. Uh, I think that there's two of them: uh, World is Mine and Story Guides. So, first of all, I know about them, but maybe the people who are watching and, and listening they they don't haven't heard of it before. But can you explain what what these APIs are for and and what do they offer? Well, so uh, World, let's say World is Mine is the uh, is the engine. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the tourism research engine. So these uh, the algorithm of World is Mine allows us to offer more than 3.5 million POI and hundreds of millions of related web pages. It allows uh, anyone to jump uh, in one click into any destination in the world uh, in almost any language and discover uh, its famous or less famous point of interest, mm-hmm. the tours, the museum, the activities, restaurants, bars, and more. And Story Guide is a guide in the form of a story of mm-hmm. Instagram, like, you know, um, the usual thing. So it, it offers, let's say, plug and play device for hotels and mm-hmm. other tourism professional uh, to deliver uh, uh, to their customer, to their end users, a unique experience to their website visitors before their arrival or even on site. That's that's so cool. And and like 3.5 million points of interest. And I think it was 22,000 guides. Like that's a huge library. Like how did you guys like just create this? This is not like, this is a lot of work. What, what was uh how did you pick up the challenge? How did you guys do it? Well, without giving again, the secrets, when, obviously. When we're, when we're <laughs> dealing, no, when, you know, Philippe, when we're dealing with uh, algorithm, the uh, the artist move in is 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 of course to transfer the manual, uh, the human, uh, the human work mm-hmm. uh, or art into uh, algorithm, mm-hmm. uh, and then once you did that and and you tested it. Um, you tested the, 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 the relevance of the algorithm, then then you can do 10, 10,000 or 1 million guide à la demande, you know, uh, just ask for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, we three, three, three months ago uh, for the, the French railroad system, uh, we will build a, a huge uh, a database with a story guide for every railroad station in France. And wow. we can do that in Europe or in the world. It just give me the latitude and the longitude of every uh, railway station in the world, and I give you the guide for it. See, so that's uh, it's not that that hard once you build the algorithm. So, I mean, numbers numbers doesn't count. That's what I meant. 
see, to me, that's, that's just so cool and just so uh, innovative because when I think of history in France, I think about how every small town and village has that World War I memorial. Um, and, and it says a bit of the story, like a, sure. a, bit, a, a big part of the story of the town. But that is not available digitally to the, the masses of the world. And, and now you guys come around with something that, that actually can do that and that can tell you all these little bits and pieces that you, you just can't get in a little guidebook about you know the country that now you can get it just at the touch of your fingers. And that, that's, that's revolutionary. It's really cool. True. See, uh, from a B2C perspective, uh, let's put it that way. Uh, you know that um, 95% before the pandemic, mm-hmm. nine, 95% of, of tourists worldwide were traveling to 5% of the destination in the world. Did you know mm-hmm. that? I did not know that. So we let's say that um, on a B2C perspective, Story Guide allows you to rever- reverse the process. Mm-hmm. And 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 make available for the you know for the world the ninety five percent rest that is never shown or never been public. Yeah, that's oh man, it's it's so cool. I I, <laughs> I I gotta I gotta stop being so positive about this, but it is really really cool. We we talked about the product, um, and we talked about some of the customers or, or some of the people that are using it, um, like hotels and and tourism boards. Um, how does it work out for them? And like, let's say you contact them. What's what's sort of uh, what's the process like? How do they get to use it? Well, uh, yeah, our primary target is for Story Guide is the hospitality industry. So that means uh, hotels, resorts, B and B accommodation. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we 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 signed uh, 250 independent hotels since the beginning of our campaign uh, three months ago. Wow. Um, and 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 also a lot of chains uh, such as Belambra Clubs, uh, Charme Caractère, and uh, Contact Hotel, for example. Okay. Our conversion rate is 90% on our sales meeting. Wow. That means when we have a, a, a meeting with an hotel, you buy our product. So that's uh, that's wonderful. That's why we want to try that. We want to try that in Spain in, yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. Is because uh, we we want to challenge. We want to challenge the the process and the, the sales process and the, in in you know elsewhere. Uh, we want to challenge that in Canada and in, in the U.S. in spring to check if uh, you know the, the the hotel industry in the U.S. is has pour uh, eux open to the yeah. to this innovation. I mean, it would it would be un-American of them to not be open to innovation. <laughs> I suppose that's cool. That's ninety eight percent. That's a really good number. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. Sorry, ninety percent. Um, that's good enough, huh? Yeah, it's man, it's pretty nice, and I I think I, I've seen the video that you guys have 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 shared recently that when you did that push, and it's really cool because it's like you know all they have to do is just take a a line of simple code, paste it in their yeah. booking engine, and then boom, that's it, right? Yeah, it is. It is very simple. Okay, and then they can customize what they want to show on top. Like it's there, there's also like a selection process. They, it's not just uh, oh here's everything the information. It's well, what do you think your user will benefit the most? And you could probably like customize that, right? Yeah, obviously. Uh, we, we, we've built the, the story guide uh, back, back office administration to make it very easy for our customers, the hotel manager, to change the automatic uh, story guide we built for them, uh, of course. So, so you, can, you can customize completely, right? but you can choose the source, the, the website source. Uh, you, can, you can also... Uh, Actually, create his own POI if he if he wants to, you know. Wow. If, if he has a, let's say he has a neighbors who's doing a 
wonderful activity, but it's, it's not promoted on the web. Mm -hmm. He could easily create his own POI and decided to make it public or not. So keep it for himself. That's, uh, you know, everything is completely customizable. That's cool. And and I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there's a freemium model and then there's the, there's the paying model. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. There's a, there's, there's a free model that uh, allows you to, uh, you know, like always, yeah. Uh, start start your but you know you you just you have a good product on the freemium yeah. version yeah. you can you can use that product you can uh, you can select 10 points of interest you can you could have one guide and and then if you take the premium then you can you can really build an ecosystem customize the guides you 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 choose you you can create your own you can create guides in foreign languages because you know that's the point usually in in the country you have the information in in the country language Mm -hmm. But thing is, for France, for example, uh, or Spain, you know, we have 80 million visitors from yeah. from international uh, countries. So, but the problem is nobody speaks English, uh, Italian, yeah. Chinese, Japanese. Forget it. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that's a that's a nice uh, part of StoryGuide is that you you can uh, not only we we do not tra tra translate we do not translate uh, uh, from French to Chinese. We refer to you know chinese websites that present introduce the poi in the their language. customer language that's wow. just a very difference that's cool and and i i assume you know i i never asked you this but is the algorithm also like taking account like you know a lot of users are now interested in this point of interest for this hotel chain so i guess it, it now knows this is now i guess it gives a report to the hotel or it knows that a lot of users are now interested by this and thus will present that point maybe a little bit more earlier in their in their journey i guess right so my question is yes, does it yes self it is true it is true that we we have built our algorithm to it's it's, it's a learning process so okay. um the more people are interested in pui and certain pui the more we promote them we push them that's that's one point and and it's true that the hotel manager has a dashboard with information that allows him to know what, what interest who, who's interested by who what kind of information what kind of activity that's awesome. That's so cool. I know. I know. Lonely Planet has launched an API, but is there? I don't think they they've really marketed that product in the same way. Do, do you guys have any competitors? Like, does does anybody come up with something uh, like this? Is it? Well, like yeah. I hope we have some competitors. Actually, Lonely Planet <laughs> is <laughs> Lonely Planet is a potential competitor in in the sense that they're delivering content mm -hmm. like we do, but not the same way as we do. The fact that great and historical players, uh, non-digital players, recently decide to provide the industry with content online is 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 good for us, actually. Yeah. But you know, Lonely Planet is they are content manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, let's say big data analyzer analyzers. Yeah. So we're not doing exactly the same job. They deliver six hundred thousand POI, and and we have three point five and counting. But that's another difference. Well, they have made their content available online, and that's great. But we have built maps and tools and widgets uh, to yeah. provide customized ecosystem to yeah. manifest our customers' destination. So it's not the same product, actually, no. although we believe that we are on the same market. Yeah. And again, I'm, I really should avoid metaphors, but I, I can't stop thinking about how it sounds like they're Blockbuster and you guys are Netflix and, <laughs> you know, or, or more like, you know, Netflix is, is, you know, had the distribution and then they're like, well, we want to become the distribution and the content producer before the other guys get, get the chance to catch up. And it sounds a bit like that. You know, I, I hope that, you know, 
because this personalized approach, this this super user centric approach, is so novel, uh, and it, it's awesome. It's really cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. And and so you spoke about these new markets that you'll be targeting in, in 2021. Do you have any sort of metrics of success that that you you're you're holding yourself to? Like this is how many now countries we want to penetrate, or is it these 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 partnerships that we want to sign? What's what's sort of like the uh, the metrics? Yeah, well, um, we we launched true. Uh, we launched Belgium. Uh, like I said, we, we want to test how do you think um, it's going to succeed or not? Uh, you know, uh, we it's important to fail too <laughs> because you learn you learn a lot of yeah. mistakes. I mean, we we've done a lot of mistakes before arriving and, and you know finally succeeding with these products, mm-hmm. and that's maybe because we made a lot of mistakes that we finally are we're going on a growth phase right now so we, we launched belgium and switzerland in january like i said we we're, we're launching spain in february and canada in april and usa in may okay. uh, and, uh, once we prove that we have the same traction abroad that we have here in france then we will raise funds to uh from vc to accelerate development that's uh, the bottom line in uh, 2021 i can't wait to to follow up and and uh, hey maybe we'll have another conversation maybe what a year from now 18 months from now and uh you'll be on a yacht in the riviera and uh, <laughs> no, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be i'll be working with the singapore <laughs> travel industry board okay okay i have a, I have a couple questions about company culture specifically because i know you, you had mentioned it earlier on the on the show um that circuit is, is headquartered in nancy but a lot of the team worked remote before the pandemic and it's it's one of the you're one of the few companies I've ever heard in France who had that structure uh, before. Was that well received by your peers? Like, did anybody ever comment, you know, either, either yeah, positively well, or negatively about it? You're right. You're right, Philippe. Uh, remote work has not been very trendy before the pandemic in France, uh, at least. I don't know about Canada, but actually, a lot of people advised to us the, to go the opposite way. But some amongst us chose to work where they wanted to live and not the other way around. So Benoit lives in Normandy, Jean-Yves lives in Belgium, Valentin lives at the German border, and, and I live in Nice. So the let's say the pandemic has allowed us to test that organization uh, within the whole company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now it would not be possible to return to the office because we grow so big. <laughs> we're, we're 32 now. And... and uh, so we we triple uh, the number of, number of employees since uh, last March, mm-hmm. and so as we have only twenty workspaces uh, at the headquarters, it's not possible to go back to work at the office now. <laughs> it's physically impossible. <laughs> That's cool. And and we don't we don't have time to work on uh, you know déménagement uh, moving. We we don't yeah. put a plan on moving. Yeah. Um, we we want to you know we we're trying to make our office in Nancy become a place where where the team will come when they want to experience teamwork mm-hmm. and when they decide to it and uh, decided and not us so that's that's the bottom line that's cool we spoke about it a, a bit earlier you had a pretty big career in, in tourism and marketing and, and business as well any advice that you can give to recent graduates and especially in tourism and marketing that uh, you wish you had a, at the time <laughs> I know. Big question. I'm not, I'm not that old, Philippe. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't them, mean it I, as an age thing. I just said, okay, you know, the guys have been doing marketing would, for a longer time than me. <laughs> I would give them the advice not to count on experienced professionals like me 
yeah. to teach them what to do. <laughs> As, you know, seriously, the, the industry, uh, the industry, the world travel industry is, is in need of new brains to uh, imagine the future of tourism. So I, I advise them, I advise them not to benchmark industry mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. as they are followers and most rarely trendsetters. You know what? That's actually pretty, pretty damn good advice, if I may say so myself. So, you know, we talked about the, this API that you developed and, and you have, you have your, your team of devs. Now you have this like commercial team to, to sell and, and give customer service to, to this, this product. Now you have, you have these two big teams that are getting bigger and bigger. How do you bridge the cap these two teams? By the way, this is a personal question too, because we're at C22, we're in the same situation. So, you know, do, do you guys have like uh, team bonding things? What, what do you guys do? Or, or is it really, you know, you keep them separate and that's it? A, a team what? Uh, sorry? Oh, so the question is, you, you have a dev team and then you have a commercial team. Yeah, yeah true. Do, do you get them to commingle, let's say, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, well, we try to commingle. <laughs> Did not have a commingle like that. <laughs> uh, I guess... 2021 is going to be hard for Circuit because once we hope so the pandemic is over, mm-hmm. then the sales team uh, that was hired that was hired over the last 15 months mm-hmm. is going to meet with the dev team, and so, <laughs> for the first time physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's you. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you don't have the you don't have the answer yet. <laughs> You're waiting to see how that goes. Okay. Cool. Very very cool. So that, uh, that's the point. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I say. Yeah, half of the team never saw the historical one, mm-hmm. so, um, and most of them haven't seen me. So, <laughs> going back to that, we we, we talked about the content topic earlier, and I'm really happy you brought it up. Uh, I had a, you know, it is it is something I've been talking with more people recently about that it's more and more important. And if some companies fail to strategize around it, they will fail. Do you see some of these big fish? Like maybe even the OTAs, like Booking.com or Expedia, do you see them like if they fail to do this, they might actually like just die? Is there, do you see like a failure to approach this content approach? It might might lead to some some dead the, some heads rolling, let's so to speak. As I we yeah yeah like we said earlier, we I mean I think we both convinced that content is a key. Or I don't know if Booking is gonna fail or not. I hope not because I hope they're gonna figure out that Circuit can help them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I so hope Bill, you're listening. <laughs> uh, I'm sending a message to <laughs> to that guy at Booking Head. Yeah, office. yeah, yeah. Good. Um, talk to me. Talk to me through LinkedIn, and we can yeah. help you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, seriously, you know, the players would think they have to build content for Google mm-hmm. and for uh, referencing purposes um, are wrong. That's uh, I'm sure about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm, I'm not saying that algorithms do not play a major role in our, in our industry. I mean, they do. We build mm-hmm. algorithms every day. That's what we do. But machines don't travel, so and, no. and humans do. So let's focus on offering to our customer the best experience on the web ever. That's mm-hmm. what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You, know, you spoke about that. You're <laughs> evilling the booking.com guy. If uh, people want to get in touch with you, for either the API or, or you know, partnerships, what's the best way to reach out to Circuit? LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. definitely. Okay. They, can, uh, they can join me on LinkedIn, Sylvain Cocheteux. Okay. And uh, they can also start on their own on circuit.com because we have uh, all kinds of tutorials and product that, has, that are completely plug and play. So actually yeah. uh, booking can, can start 
to figure out our API on circuit.com just right now. Okay. Well, I, I I told you this before. I'm definitely going to share this in the in the podcast episode. So hopefully it lands you that Booking.com partnership. <laughs> Sylvain, I have uh, one more question for you. This is more on me. As a podcast host, you know, I'm really happy I get to interview you because I think what you guys are doing is, is incredibly innovative. If you were in my shoes, any innovative people or products in tourism that you you'd think I should invite? I, I won't pick up a name, but Somebody is in the Asian and tourism industry, okay. uh, for sure. They, they have so many potential customers there. Mm -hmm. I can give you some names if you want, but yeah. Asia is the future of tourism. So, talking about markets, right? Not yeah, yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about markets, industry, anything, uh, people. Yeah, but uh, I haven't had a, a Asian or a guest that's centered on Asia or from a company that's centered in Asia. So that's that's a really good point. And, I'll have to work on that. So thank you. Well, that, that wraps it up, man. So, hey, thank you so much for, for coming. I'll share the, the contact info. And I'm personally looking forward to, to reading more about you guys' successes uh, this year because I think it's going to be a, a huge year, year for you. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks a lot, Sylvain. Take care.